When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Everything starts with a dream. Even this. Spanish room. Stanley and Morty are there here. No, it's Irish. Heard me? But possibly more likely. It's down in more to your day here. Hi, do you have any entertainment on tonight? Spanish room. What kind of music is that? Irish. Pardon me? Spanish room. 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 Sometimes they say dreams are where you find them. In the stars, on the map. Cassiopeia, the Big Dipper, Peace River, Heart's Content. But in the arts, dreams are usually where you make them. And sometimes artists make them in unexpected places. Stratford, Orford, Quebec, Glyndebourne, England. Supposing a dancer had a dream of making a professional flamenco troupe in St. John's. A Newfoundland dream of a Spanish dance in a Newfoundland Spanish room. How would you track down that dream? Would it sound anything like this? <clears throat> we're not gypsies from Jerez and stuff. We are, you know, we're just from St. John's. <laughs> I guess there is something kind of odd about it. Yeah.
Hi, you have any entertainment on tonight? Shani Canuck. And what kind of music is that? Irish. Okay, thanks, Mike. Good evening, Kelly. Hi, any entertainment there tonight? Uh, yes, uh, tonight we have uh, Glenn Green playing. Oh, yeah. He's not too bad. He plays uh, Newfoundland music, house music. Okay. Oh, if you like that, uh, that kind of stuff, right? Okay. Okay, sir. Thank you. Right, you're welcome. Aaron's Pop. Hi, do you have entertainment tonight? Yes, Dermot O'Reilly's playing this evening. Okay. Irish. Okay, thanks. Yep. Aaron's, Kelly's, O'Reilly's, the Blarney Stone, we have Irish rooms aplenty. Spanish rooms? Not so plenty. Try and find them. Go ahead. Um, Where is it? It's down in Mordier Bay here. Spanish room. Right next to uh, Marystown. Oh. Um, but who knows, without having all those earlier maps that are available, the... Um, we really don't know why that's called Spanish Room. It might be called Spanish Room the same way that Spaniards Bay is called Spaniards Bay, presumably because Spaniards had been using it at some point. But possibly more likely, uh, Spanish was a, was one of the names for Madeira fish, the, the best cull of salt fish. And uh, so when people would talk about the Spanish cull, it was the same as saying grade A fish. And uh, on the market, the Spaniards bought the uh, fish from Newfoundland that was the best quality Newfoundland fish so in in some places people would have certain parts of the cove set aside for better quality fish and this could be called the Spanish rum so and that may be the origin of Spanish rum you know we, we don't know at this point um, not enough research has been done and um, it's probably too far past anyway for us to find out it doesn't necessarily mean that this Spanish Sailors came ashore and danced the tarantella. No, it probably just means that uh, we were selling fish to the Spaniards. You know. <laughs> All right, I'm starting the rhythm off at the tempo that I want it. I'm going to do a couple of compas by myself before the musicians come in. This is the beginning of the escopia. You do one step to the right, then you do the other step to the left, at least when you're starting, before you've really gotten into it. That's how you start in the Escobilla. Riley's Irish Bob. Hi, any entertainment there tonight? Yep, Fergus O'Byrne and Jim Joyce. What kind of music? Oh, it's Irish. But there is one Spanish room that's easy to find if you get out of bed early enough. It's early in the morning for a bar musician, isn't it? That's it, it's one of classes. Spanish 101, up at the university. Catch the number 15 bus, like singer Sean Harris, it'll take you straight there. It is Friday morning at quarter after eight. 
uh, headed into the university for a Spanish, clo uh, Spanish class. It seems a bit strange to go to class this cold weather to learn Spanish. You get up what, three, three days a week? Three days a week. Three days a week, get up at like... We usually get up at around quarter after seven and get cleaned up and eat something and then go into the university on Monday, Monday morning, Wednesday morning and Friday morning. Sometimes I find it really hard like, to get up in the morning and actually get the drive to go in there, you know? You just chug down your coffee and go, you know? But sometimes where, where I might find it's been a late night performing or it's been a late rehearsal or something in the morning, it's just, it's just too much, you know, to try and get up and do it, but you push yourself to do it, you know? For sobre a day, how do you know which one to use? Does it matter? In this case, it wouldn't matter. Oh. Four months ago, when I had no idea what flamenco was or no idea what Spanish was, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a labor of love. I just, I had to do it, and I feel if if I'm going to be true to this art form, I have to know Spanish. I have to. There's no way I can do it otherwise. You know. I'm singing in a language that I'm just starting to learn, but when you actually, hopefully, when you sing. When I sing, it comes across as being impassioned, you know. Uh, at the end of Ben Acha Muhir, you know, Ben Acha Muhir, El Mundo. Right? Try that in English, you know. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. Because we're not used to because it's not something that we're used to in, in this part of the world. You know, it's a culture, it's, a, it's an art form we're not used to. So to sing that in English or just it's just not the same. Not the same at all. Is there any entertainment on tonight? Yeah, uh, flamingo dancing. What? Flamingo dancing. Oh, yeah? Okay, and it's, it's a fantastic show. We've had it here before, and people are just dazzled. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. At last, a pub with no Irish music. The flamingos call themselves El Viento Flamenco, and their Spanish room is across town where they're rehearsing for their Thursday night show at the Ship Inn, without a pink feather in sight.
Yeah, I was waiting to go. <laughs> there. Because uh, on that Yamada, I'm actually doing move on four, so it would be more like a short Yamada for Bolivia. Four, My name is Eveline, which is the French pronunciation of Evelyn. My parents were French immigrants, but I grew up in, uh, in part in northern Ontario and Sudbury. I was just going to go along and, and, uh, and pursue a university career like, like my, my father had. I was doing my PhD in French literature and semiotics and psychoanalysis. That's what I did uh, until I made the decision to leave that for Flamenco. <laughs> It had to do with my mother becoming ill and uh, with cancer and uh, being finding out that she had so many months to live and, and then my mother dying and there I was doing a PhD where I was following the footsteps of um, my family but um, it wasn't really, really my thing even though I was doing well but it wasn't really my thing so I started dancing. So the first time that I was studying it intensively in Toronto, Flamenco, I was uh, spending the whole day at the cancer clinic at, uh, with my mother. that I would I had to leave and I would go to flamenco lessons and do a couple of hours of flamenco dancing just the basic need to get out of there and put myself in a situation where I wasn't thinking about anything and I was just pushing myself physically really hard and not getting any opportunity to to think Ugh, that sounds horrible to say that I was would leave my mother and then go flamenco dancing just because of what people think flamenco dancing is right that it's the gypsy kings that it's lots of fun and, and moving your hips around and doing pelvic movements when really it's more about uh, feelings and that's 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 often said that's one of the one of the most important themes in flamenco is death so so there's a link somewhere between my parents' death and, and, uh, and that desire for intensity. Right. 
most times it's about heartache, you know. One of the letters we sing, the translation of it would be, I call your name, but you don't respond. I call your name, you won't respond. Madre La Rosa, my mother's a rose, my father's a uh, carnation. Mi madre, mi madre La Rosa, e mi padre la Mi madre, mi madre La They believe that uh, flamenco in the form that it has today took shape in uh, the 19th century with influences from uh, the Arabic community and the, the, the Jewish as well and uh, uh, Spanish folk that has nothing to do with the gypsies plus everything that the gypsies brought along with them over hundreds of years of traveling through the Middle East and, and through Europe before getting to Spain. But the gypsies, uh, the gypsies' history of suffering is, hasn't hasn't ended. They're they're still uh, very much they're the underprivileged of Spain, and they are rejected by middle class Spanish society. The heartache and, and strife that they sing through in these these songs. It just hits you. It hits home. It really does. Even though it's from thousands and thousands of kilometers away. I, I've never been one who's been steeped very heavily in traditional Newfoundland song. I've, I've sung some of the you know, the more popular traditional Newfoundland songs and stuff because they're beautiful and the melodies are beautiful, much the same as flamenco. Um, but I can't really relate. I'm, I, you're you know, not a gypsy either. No, I know, but 
yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't know. How do I, I don't know how to explain that. I can't explain that. I'm more moved by the flamenco art form than I would, and this is a terrible thing to say, than I am through traditional Newfoundland music. For some reason, my heart was drawn to flamenco music. It's, it, it, so much emotion comes from flamenco art form, you, you feel it. And it's very sad, it's a very sad art form. Um, desperation, sadness, you feel all these things from it. And you don't know why, and still you're moved by it, and you feel like you can conquer the world, you know? You really do, you listen to it, and it's just, that's what got me, I don't know, maybe I'm just a sadist or something. I just like all the sad music, you know? A lot of the lyrics are have to do with uh, exile and death and mourning and, and uh, illness, mental illness, physical illness. Uh, it's very often linked to, to blues and the history of the blues. It's the exact same feeling. You may not, you don't have to understand what they're saying to feel what they're saying, you know. Yo no soy no conozco a nadie, right? Yo no soy de esta tierra y no conozco a nadie. I'm not from here and I know nobody. Voce te amo y no me responde. Desde cardia que no partamos y yo te te condene. When I first started, it was I had no idea what any of this was, and Evelyn very patiently sat me down. She would write these out, would listen to the tapes, and then write them out of her favorite songs or or some of her favorite dances and stuff and just find these letters, you know, either in books or in other songs and stuff and write them out for me and then translate them so I'd understand what's being sung. And then we would sit and we would just listen to the to the song over and over and over and over and over and sit and go through it bit by bit, you know. But it was the same when I was studying voice, studying classical voice, and you would sing Italian songs, you know, and you don't really know, you have it in the books, you know, in your, your Shermer's book, you'd open it up and you'd see your piece and you'd, you'd read through the lyrics and you would have your teacher speak them out for you and you would learn them that way and you would read the music and read the, the words off the page. Then when you, when you translated it, it became a song. It was a song then. You understood where the emotion was coming from. And it had never occurred to me to look for a singer in somebody who didn't speak Spanish already. And so I would sometimes get a little bit discouraged about whether or not I was ever going to be able to find a Hispanic person here who would be good enough to sing and interested enough to sing, etc., etc. And uh, and that that was that was not the right way to go about it because uh, Sean Sean is uh, ear for the language is excellent, and um, that's the you know the smallest the least important thing, most important thing just being his intensity and his and his talent as a singer. You just, you become immersed in it. Just you feel that, you know. And just that, it takes me away from everything else. I'm, I'm, I'm just totally transported. And I, for me, I get visual images of things. I just visualize being somewhere else. Like I visualize myself in a, in a hot place. You know, I just, I just transport myself somewhere, somewhere else. I become a different person and sing from that, sing as that person, you know. So I'll start singing that letter and start singing that song and I'm impervious to anything else that's around me and I'm in my own little space 
listening to this music and totally drawn into it. Which for me, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling because as, as one of the audience members, you feel that. But when, you're in, when you are performing flamenco, you are that, you're, you're, you are that person. A Yamada. A Yamada is a call to end a section and to start a new one. Yamada. Okay, my name is Bob Sotherby. I'm the guitarist for El Viento Flamenco. The other group that I have now that, that's ongoing is the Gravel Pit Campers. The campers are a rock and funk outfit. It's a completely different ballgame from the flamenco group. I don't know, I guess it's just, uh, it must be in my nature to want to be, to have some kind of uh, diversity in my life or something, in my musical life, I guess. speaking in the case of uh, let's say uh, most of what we're used to in North America which would be um, rock country blues folk traditional music classical music in a lot of cases um, the beat or the basic beat that you follow is is pretty much straightforward and what I mean by that is, um, for instance, uh, if I were just to play a very simple uh, folk-like or traditional-like progression. Now you can, you can clap along to that or you can tap your foot to that. That's really, really straightforward. But when it comes to uh, playing flamenco, it's not so straightforward because um, the, uh, the, the, the rhythms of flamenco are structured differently. For instance... That's a, a typical rumba, and the rumba actually, uh, the rhythm of rumba. This comes from uh, originally from Brazil, so it's a uh, you know it's a uh, 
sort of a Latin rhythm, and uh, it's um, it's it's straightforward as far as flamenco goes. When you when you work your way back, the rhythms are a bit more complex. So the rhythm of uh, say uh, soleares, one of the very old forms, um, the rhythm is not so easy to understand um, because it's not a three beats, it's not four beats, it's twelve beats, and uh, when you get into uh, that amount of or that many beats in a rhythmic structure, then uh, it's a bit more difficult to follow for an average average listener. So, uh, if I were to play the uh, the structure, I'll I'll actually just tap out the structure of twelve beats. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So let me play uh, a little bit of soleares so that you can uh, get an idea of the ry rhythmic structure. So I'll just count three beats. Ten, eleven, twelve. In my head, I'm, uh, I've got the, the compass, and the compass in this case is the rhythmic structure. A footwork section for Soleares and for Alegria starts like a backwards waltz, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. By backwards, I mean that the accent is on beat three instead of being on beat one. And then the dancer does a cue to change into 12, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And the dancer might like to go back and forth between those two rhythms. She has to do a cue so that everybody can follow her back into those rhythms. If I'm doing a build-up, for instance, Mm -hmm. a build-up. Uh, I can't do this really without somebody else doing palmas, but... That's all the same. I've just, done a, I've just closed that. I've just done a cierre. I've closed my build-up. Now they know I'm going to do a llamada. an example. A little sloppy because I haven't warmed up. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> I'm Alex Schwartz and I'm a philosophy major at Memorial University and I'm 19 years old. I find that I that I follow what the dancer's doing. Like what Evelyn, if Evelyn builds up in loud loudness and, uh, and volume and, uh, and speed and stuff, like we follow her. And uh, 
And then there's certain there's certain things that we choreograph, and then there's certain things that are just improv. Like I just look for signs, <laughs> sign, like a cue, or something, and then it goes into whatever, and that could last like whatever she's doing could last however long she wants. <laughs> you're, you're when you're doing when you're when you're a palmetto, you're essentially a percussionist, like a drummer or something. So uh, the importance of your instrument is your hands, so you have to get a good sound, and that's I think to be one of the most important things about it. So. You have to get a a popping noise coming out of it, and uh, and you gotta you know there's there's like dozens and dozens and dozens of rhythms to know. Well, actually, one of the things that that people say links flamenco to Indian music is that they have those twelve beat cycles, which are unique uh, music from India and music in flamenco music, and the gypsies. Like the speculation is that they migrated from India all across Europe to to Spain. Yeah, it takes like a ridiculous amount of concentration. I find <laughs> doing doing palmas. It's just you can't daydream and zone out and stuff. You have to really be there. This is a band that uh, this is a band that Alex listens to, and I don't remember which track it is. So let's try to find it. If I have a flamenco rhythm that goes one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, the possibilities are very interesting. But then if I have to do a, a cento stangos or a tarantos and it's in fours, one, two, three, four, then it's right, as far as the as far as the, the foot percussion goes, it's the least interesting. So I don't get very excited about it. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to trying to find other rhythms, other syncopations. I don't think that I want one of my escobillas to sound like a, a rock and roll uh, drum solo. But then again, maybe I do, I don't know. <laughs> you can hear dozens and dozens of flamenco dancers, they're always going to do the same syncopations. So it gets boring after a while. So I want to use... Uh... <laughs> because that's just continuous the way they're using and I want I would want it to have an ending I would want it to finish somehow but I like that how could I use that <clears throat> Thursday night. Down the stone steps outside the ship inn, a damp sea air towels your face. Between the traffic and the passers-by, you can hear the foghorn breathing out on Fort Amherst Rock. 
Through the tavern windows, you can see El Viento Flamenco reaching for their finale, the patina of sweat glistening on the dancer's face and neck, staining down the shoulders of her purple shirt like a bruise hunting a wound. The musicians fingering through the rhythms of the solea as reverently as a rosary. Out here on the steps, it looks like Newfoundland. Inside, it's a Spanish room. If you close your eyes, it might almost be a dream. Well, go ahead. Close your eyes. I'll open the door. The goal is to have Duende. Duende is the demon, the inner demon of the flamenco performer. When you don't value the present moment, when you don't truly value life, then you're not pushed to that intensity. I want to push it to its limit.
this is a step that's really hard where I'm climbing up on the points of my feet. Very hard to pull off. Hey. I did it. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.